that's some shit right there, bro. Yeah, that's why you don't. And it's also though. like, 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 look, I'm not. A, I think women should be able to breastfeed in public, and nobody makes an ordeal about it. You start, you whip a titty out and latch a cat onto it, like. Someone's I'm gonna say some shit. Yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna be like, hey, can you maybe not? Can you can you maybe not feed the cat um, milk from your tits? Like, geez, I actually I wouldn't say shit. I wouldn't know what to say. I would just I would just record it. I'd be like, I there's no words to be said here. Um, that sh- this lady's gonna listen to because clearly she gives zero fucks about anything else. So <laughs> that's wild, bro. Like mid flight, and it's like. Yeah, yeah. Can you bring a cat yeah, on board? If it's like, so I guess if it's like emotional support. All, all that I can read on like the um, article is that like Delta does have a pet policy and small cats are allowed on board under certain conditions as long as they remain inside a ventilated pet carrier, which obviously, I, <laughs> ma'am, can you put your cat back up? They're not supposed to be out. No, he's fucking hungry. <laughs> Yeah, the breastfeeding part's weird and probably shouldn't be doing that, but you can't have your cat out. Like, I don't, she couldn't wait till they landed, like take the cat to the bathroom or something. I don't know. Jesus. Also, I'm glad somebody's looking into this woman because if you're breastfeeding a cat on a plane, what the fuck else are you doing? You might have some, some shit going on. Like that's, that's just, that's just weird. Also, that would hurt. Cat have, cats have teeth. Like that, that puts a bad image on cat ladies everywhere. Yeah, and Delta, which they already had that. And Delta, still. yeah, I mean, it's Delta. They don't give any fuck. Also, crazy cat lady, if you want to breastfeed your cat, like, don't do it on a Delta flight. <laughs> they don't put up with that shit. Yeah, they, they're not cool with that. They'll, they'll kick people off, but uh, they might even, <laughs> yeah, they do all they're kinds like, of We shit, only but... allow dogs to breastfeed on this flight. <laughs> no, get the fuck out of here with that cat. Only monkeys that give high fives at strip clubs. Yeah, monkeys that give high fives at strip clubs. Those are that's it, that's it. Those are the only only things that can breastfeed out here. Yeah, major fucking plot twist. The woman on the flight was pole assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! There's maybe. there's your intro. <laughs> Seventeen, yeah, bro. That's what's up, man. Somehow, fuck. It might be eighteen. Wait, no, 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 no. Seventeen, seventeen. Ah, oh, yeah, that shit's crazy. Do you remember doing sixteen other of these? Because I don't. <laughs> no, nah, man. Yeah, this is. It still feels new to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, my podcast podcasting sweater is on, so. What uh, what color is your podcasting sweater? Uh, gray. That's a boring sweater. Yeah, I agree with you. Just for podcasting, though. Yeah, yeah. Just puts well, you in the clear, mood. It clears your mind to fill in the color, you know. Exactly, exactly. Um, honestly, when I bought it, it it's like that gray that it almost looks like a hint of a uh, light blue, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's totally, it's totally not. It's totally, it's gray. I'm shit. sure that's called something. But like a steel gray. Ooh, yeah, that's what it is. It's steel gray. And dude, so how is uh 
how was the game? How was Dallas? Dude, I mean, yeah, we can go right into it. Um, it's fucking dope, man. Um, it's a good description. Yeah, I, I, my voice is finally starting to come back. Um, I really couldn't talk at all. Like we could not have recorded Sunday. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that just wasn't that just wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, Indoor stadium, especially. Yeah, kind of a quick breakdown. If you didn't watch the game, uh, we came out on fire. We took like a twenty-one to three lead into the, in the second quarter. Um, we're pretty much yelling and screaming the whole time because. You know, Spencer Sanders is throwing picks. Our defense is making plays. <laughs> Our offense is finding the end zone. Like, I thought that this was going to be like a fucking dog walking there for a second. But uh, OK State made a comeback, made it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, final final play of the game, man. They, they're they at the goal line. You know, they, they had, I think, first and goal at the one. Twice. Um, didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't convert at all. Um Comes down to fourth, fourth down, fourth and one. You know, there's there's like twenty seconds left in the game, um, and there's sixty five thousand people there, and all sixty five thousand are standing up, yelling and screaming. Uh, running back, you know, makes makes a dive towards the pylon, and McVeigh, number forty two for our Bears, man, held him up just enough. Uh, they they got stopped. I mean, would you call that the two inch line that that he got stopped at? Yeah, on, um, I mean, on uh, yeah, watching on TV, it it could not have looked closer. Like it was like, bro, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what just like, but he definitely looked short. If anything, I would, I think it might have been like four inches, four inch line. So yeah, live in the stadium, all sixty five thousand people there. At, you know, when he goes down, all sixty five thinks that it just happened. Like their team just won. Right, 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 right. right. All the Baylor fans think they got the stop. <laughs> Every Oklahoma State fan is like. He had to have got in, right? Yeah. Uh, ref ref calls him down short, but nobody's really celebrating. Like, we're all – everybody – Dallas Cowboys Stadium has, like, a fucking 50-wide jumbo. jumbo – 50-yard-wide jumbotron right in the middle of the damn stadium. Everybody's just eyes glued to it. Players, coaches, refs, fans, um, hot dog vendors are coming out of the tunnel, like, looking at this. And, you know, we're just waiting. We're just, like, you know, seeing it in slow motion – and seeing that he's down, seeing that like it's clearly down, Baylor fans go apeshit crazy on the replay. OK State fans just start filing out the door it's like they know that that's it. Um, honestly, probably one of the best endings to a game this year so far, college football. And, and being there live, man, it, it just it couldn't be beat. Um, see, seeing seeing my Bears pull out a Big 12 championship. You know, we, we won two games last year. We were projected to finish eighth in the conference this season. Um, so to, so to be at this point, be 11 and two with a big 12 conference title, man, it's, man, it's great. It's a good, it's a good day to be a bear. Yeah. It's been a great fucking like five years to be a, a Baylor bear. Um, e- with the exception of a past few calendar year. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of like a few football seasons, but damn, yeah, the, the athletic, I, I want to talk more about the Baylor athletic program in a second. Uh, but yeah, watching that last play on TV, um, or first of all, I want to start because I, I actually made, I made a lot of money on this game. Um, <laughs> so dude, as is that first, was it the first drive where, um, uh, was it Abram Smith who fumbled? Yeah. I uh, I think it was Tristan Ebner. Was it Ebner? Okay. Ebner fumbled. The line moves to 10 and a half. I'm like, Oklahoma yeah. state was minus 10 and a half. Yes. 
I was like, uh, oh, I'm glad I, I didn't see that because I would have fucking taken out a small loan. Dude, I was all over that shit. I was like, I don't know if Baylor's winning this shit, but I know they're not losing by no damn 11 points. So to this team. Uh, but dude, yeah, what a game. And then uh, another thing. So <laughs> so that last uh, series, which was their second series where you guys held them at the like fucking half yard line. Uh, so. That last play, I don't, I mean, you probably experienced it, but it was so evident on TV because I didn't realize they had you guys, Oklahoma State on one side, Baylor on the other, right? So, um, wait, it was right that, like that, right? For the most part. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, Baylor on one side, Oklahoma State, like all around, pretty much, but yeah. 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 They, obviously, yeah, they, they, they had definitely more fans, us. but so that last play, so Baylor is like, you guys seem to be freaking out, right? Like, oh, we're lined up wrong. We're lined up wrong. Like, I don't know if this is, this sounds like Dave Aranda playing all like to me, but uh, you guys are trying to call a timeout, but the ref's like, yo, you guys don't have any timeouts. And so you hear Oklahoma State fans just cheering. You hear like one side of the, of my speaker, like cheering. And then, and then everything settles in and then you guys snap the ball or Oklahoma State snaps the ball. And then you hear all the Baylor fans fucking cheering and Oklahoma State fans are quiet as shit. It was just, it was epic, man. Like the whole thing. Um, yeah, great, great ending to a football game. I mean, it very, the Oklahoma State had the game in their hands. Uh, you know, they could have won it there. And Baylor was like, nah, bro, not this year. Uh, insane. Yeah, the tennis analogy is like you're up with the, you know, you want <laughs> the ball on your racket, you know. Yeah, you want the ball on your racket, right? Yeah. Like if you if you have, if you have the win the game, you want the ball on your racket. They had the ball on their racket, and yeah, they were on serve, man. Short. You you had them at yeah. deuce, and uh, and yeah, you, you just beat them there. But yeah, what a what a fucking year for Baylor, man. What a um, I mean national championship basketball. Uh, Big 12 championship football. You guys have opportunity to win the sh- fucking Sugar Bowl, which would be a huge deal as well. Uh, but just being in that game is a big enough. And then um, now basketball is good again this year. So rankings just came out. You guys are like number two right now. So yeah, is this, is this peak Baylor? against Villanova. I'll go ahead and uh, hot take. 2021 is peak Baylor. Tell me I'm wrong. No, I, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, you know, the, the, we had a year of the bear, right? That was the 2011, you know, RG3 won a Heisman that following, you know, that 2011, 2012 school year basketball wins, uh, women's basketball goes 40, you know, wins the national title. Men's basketball makes it to the elite eight. Um, you know, if you kind of just look at 2021, right? Men's basketball wins a national title. Women's basketball makes a huge, you know, huge run. Um, volleyball is looking great. Tennis is looking great. Acro and tumbling. I think they won a national title. Um, softball they're you know, they're nationally ranked baseball's, you know, still good. And then football, you know, that's kind of the King here in Texas. They're sitting at 11 to two and, and kind of get the, to cap the year with, you know, a new year's day game, you know, against Ole Miss in the sugar bowl. Um, insane. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to struggle to find an athletic department that that's had, had more success, not just in one sport, but across the board, um, than Baylor Baylor has this past year. So, oh, I would and I'm just I'm that. just riding the high. I'm I'm loving it. You know, we got tickets to the Sugar Bowl. We're going to be in New Orleans New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, um, ready to cheer on the Bears. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think Baylor's reach. I mean, it's hard to top that. Uh, and you mentioned football, so you could have had success in all those other sports you mentioned, right? 
and there would still be people that would be like, whoa, your football team was like seven and five or, you know what I mean? Something like that. But you guys are like, nope, we're, we're good at that too. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been, been a fun year for, for Baylor fans. Um, you know, I only wish we had some of that success in, in Lubbock, but, uh, yeah, man, it's been, it's been cool to watch a program like Baylor that was basically buried, uh, you know, six years ago, the football twice. program buried twice. And, uh, and, and basketball, too. Uh, that's a story people don't – I mean, it gets brought up every now and then, but what Scott Drew did with the basketball team when he arrived to winning a national championship, uh, I, I'm sure someone's making a documentary somewhere, but uh, what is yeah, there's got to be a 30 for 30 about Scott Drew I mean, in the works. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that story. Like, I talk to people, they're like, wait, what? Like, a Baylor player murdered? Like, you're like, yeah, man, that actually happened and in, in, – and then they are national champions. Uh, what like and and they weren't. 15? It's also that like we weren't a good program up Before. to that point anyway. Right, right, right. So it wasn't like a fall from grace. You know, it was just uh, one of the worst programs in the nation had you know a huge scandal and a huge you know you know a, a murder um, happen. So to, so for the guy to pick up the pieces after that, um, and it's been a long process. I mean, he's like in his 20th season now, I think. Right. Or 19th year at, at Baylor. Um, took a long time to build it back. And that, that's one of the best things I like about Scott Drew, honestly. Um, you know, we went to the ring ceremony, you know, a few weeks ago. And he had as many um, former players as he could. Even guys that, you know, were there before him. Um, he's He's one of those guys that. I mean, I don't want to throw him in, in this guy's realm from a, a success standpoint, but you know, Coach K's like that at Duke. Every single Duke player comes back. They all love him. They all speak highly of him. True. Um, Scott Drew obviously doesn't have the have the rings that Coach K does, but that admiration and respect from his from his players, um, it's hard, it's hard to it's not often you see that continue on. You know, even after guys you know leave campus that they still want to come back and be a part of your program. Right. Right. Um, yeah. That, that's and, and Scott true. Drew's, you know, earned, earned, earned the respect and admiration of his, of his players in, in a way that they, they continue to come back and, and, you know, want to be a part of it. So. Yeah, man, it, it's been crazy. Um, you know, the Baylor story is still in, I mean, you can go back to the seventies where, you know, he had the plane crash where, um, I mean, I know you guys do a game every year, football game where you like memorialize that, um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like the adversity that such a small school like Baylor, because it is a small school relative to these other, you know, power five public schools. So, um, to have experienced as much adversity, um, in terms of like just random shit happening to a program or just having a few guys ruin it for everyone else. And then continuing to continuing to bounce back, um, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Um, I think it's it's kind of cool. Even as like a rival, like fan of a rival school, you you kind of have to appreciate the, uh, I guess the the fight that Baylor has put up. Kind of is like constant underdog mentality. Um, and yeah, maybe you guys kind of become like a, a national brand because I'd like to see like more fans at a, at a at a you know Big Twelve championship football game. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you guys deserve to be better represented by just more fans. Yeah, that's one of the crazy things. Like. I think if you look at um, attendance at home games this season, and I, I know maybe there's a handful of programs that still, you know, have maybe some COVID protocols, but we were like top 10 in the nation as far as attendance percentage. 
you know, obviously we don't have a, a hundred thousand seat stadium at McLean, but yeah, I think McLean was at like 95% capacity on average throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and even that big 12 title game, that was like the, you know, the second highest attended they've had in that big 12 title game um, in, in quite some time. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fun seeing, seeing Baylor back on the upswing and, and we're, we're kind of borderline getting some t-shirt fans now, which is kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm all here for it. It pisses the hell out of the Texas fans. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And that's really uh, you know, what Waco still has quite a few, you know, Texas fans around and they can't say shit. They didn't even make a bowl game. Um, they're, no. you know, they want to fire their coach and really can't. Um, they had to go steal a basketball coach from from you guys up in Lubbock. I mean, they they're searching for the people. success that that Baylor's had, um, um, which there's just more than not that able story, to find it. Yeah. There's uh, more has come out. Uh, I guess this, I didn't expect to bring it up right here, but um, so yeah. What's what's the what's the Chris Beard scoop? No, 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 not Chris Beard. The monkey. Oh, the monkey. Yeah. So. Ooh, hold on. We get a yeah. We gotta we gotta have a monkey follow up. I'll let you take the lead on this because I, I'll, yeah, I'll, it's not I'll, much. I'll it's not much, it. but uh, you know, small, small little tidbit. Then we can get back to maybe some more football talk here. But so I came across an article because lawsuit has officially been been filed. Okay, so against you know the um the bank's household, whatever you want to call it. So apparently, uh, what was her name? Pole assassin took the child to the monkey. So this is new. This is a new development. This child did not just sneak Ooh. to the monkey. He was taken to see the monkey. And then you remember how I mentioned the monkey does high fives on command and like it does shit at like strip club clubs, right? So he, he, she instructed the child to offer, you know, a high five to the monkey. And that's when the monkey bit the child's hand. So like. Ooh. shit is really at like not looking good for the bank's household. So that's like, it's just, that's all the new information I have, but that's like huge in ter- in terms of like uh, the court of law. Right? Yeah. They're losing that lawsuit. I mean, you, you tell like, a, a five-year-old to high five your monkey and then, yeah, you know, tries to bite the finger off. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. So um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. So uh, update on that. The banks at uh, Jeff banks will probably no longer be the special teams coordinator. At Texas, if I had to guess by, you know, to be fair, season. he might not be the only coordinator fired this season. I mean, they, uh, yeah, I I mean, they have a lot of deserved to, to keep their, I job. mean, they had a lot of shit go wrong on the field. I wouldn't say special teams was really one of those. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, that whole program is a mess and we've, we've shit on them enough, even though they probably deserve it more. But I think most people would, would agree that that program is just a shithole right now. Um, has a lot to do with boosters. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's it's just a toxic program. So, but uh, yeah, that 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 was a little curveball. I just wanted to remind everyone that hey, that happened, and um, it looks like they're gonna get justice for the kid. As long as you know, no actions are taken against the monkey. That's really the last thing I want to see. But um, the monkey probably just scared. Um, but yeah, man, I thought that was crazy. Like a huge. That's a lot of it. That's like. If that is true, I did see it. It was their lawyer who like released a document saying that. So you know how true is it? Probably pretty true. I'm sure they'll end up being a settlement. You know, it might end up happening out of court with with huge um, piece of evidence like that. So we might not actually get any more information. Um, 
But yeah. So if you want to go back to football real quick, I just realized like literally just now, both of our schools have the have a chance to beat the state of Mississippi. You guys play Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss and we Mississippi play Mississippi State. state. Um, you you get you get the, the leech bowl. Leech I feel game. like, you know, we're we're Finally. in the sugar bowl, but yes, as as far as like a bowl game that means the most um fourteen that's six and maybe six. to the people and yeah. yeah, to the people involved. I feel like I feel like this bowl game means more to Mike Leach than probably any non-playoff bowl means to any other head coach. And it's ironic. How, how do you think? How do you think bowl. he's going to approach the approach this game? Um. Oh, he's already say he's he's. I don't know. He's already posted on Twitter saying some stuff like, you know, they're allowing bells or something at the game, and like I think that's a thing. Mississippi State. You know how like Oklahoma State yeah, has the like fucking the like paddle bell or paddle boards or whatever. They just like spank some fucking wall. Um, Mississippi State yeah, has Mississippi like State has cowbells, cowbells, and he was like Texas Tech has a big bell, but our bells will be louder. Like he said that the the day the day uh the day that um you know the bowl game was announced, but it's funny like Leach is facing Texas Tech for the first time. Um. He's facing Cumby for the first. I mean, he coached Cumby. Cumby was his quarterback. Um, you know, the year that Tech went to the bowl game against Cal, uh, and you know they they best Aaron Rodgers. But you know that I think it's crazy. I, I have a feeling Leach is going to make this as entertaining as possible. I really feel like he's kind of he's honestly like over it. Um, but he still puts up like you know puts on a show kind of and is like um, he wants his money, everything like that. Oh, there was something weird. They're giving Mississippi State the exact amount that Texas Tech owes Leach or something like that. Like it's it's kind of yeah, like, like two point two million dollars or something that right, that they right. owe him. Yeah, I think it's more, but three maybe three point five, which was in two thousand ten a lot of like that was a lot more money than it is now, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of funny that that's a thing. Um but yeah, this should be it should be a fun game. I don't know anything about Mississippi State other than they beat AM because I saw that and Leach is their coach. I didn't even know they were like seven and five or a bowl team. So I honestly haven't done much analysis on this game. Um I think it'll be probably a weird football game if I had to guess. Uh they're allowing like tech coaches that are like going on, like Sonny Cumby going to La Tech and defensive coordinators head coach at Abilene Christian now, but they're both coming back to coach this game, which I think is cool that all parties agreed on that. But outside of that, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought, I, I think it's cool. We get to play leech. Um, I, I, that was definitely done intentionally. You know, they were, they were like, this game is going to make a lot of money because every tech fans from 2000 to current is going to tune into that. So, um, Probably quite a few travel up to Memphis for it too. But um, talking about your your Baylor Bears get to pl- play Ole Miss, um, they get to uh, led by all oh, their quarterbacks named Matt Matt Corral Matt Coral who was like every single like he should have been in Varsity Blues. Um, he looks well, like and their head coach. I mean, they've got Lane Kiffin, <laughs> and they got you don't Lane have the Kiffin. lane train without having some some guys with a little bit of personality, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of personality on this Ole Miss football team. Um, I mean, Ole Miss has one of the most exciting offenses. You guys have one of the best defenses. So I think it'll be a fun little matchup. Uh, Again, I don't know a whole lot about Ole Miss um, or really any SEC team outside of like Bama, Georgia. the, 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 The Baylor matchup here really with, with Ole Miss is that, 
Um, their offensive coordinator is Jeff Levy. Um, Jeff, Jeff Levy's from McGregor, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Um, oh, shit. He's a Central Texas guy, but he was the offensive coordinator um, under Art Bryles. Um, mm. I think he's even like Art Bryles's son-in-law or something. I'm, I might have that. I might have that detail wrong. No, he he was he was one of the offensive coordinators. Like um, he's kind of moved around, and he was running running backs coach. Um, and and so I mean that's that's kind of the like I think this might be his first game playing you know coaching against Baylor mm-hmm, probably. Um, he he was, I think, the quarterback coach and offensive coordinator for that UCF team that was undefeated. You know, UCF had that like one year where 2017 um, national champs, baby. Was that 2017 or 2018? Well, it was probably 17, 18, like that season. No, because 18 oh, was 2000. You're right. You're right. I think it was 2017. I don't remember. Right? It was 2017 or 2018. Yeah, I think it was 2018 because they, they were undefeated in 2017 as well. Mm, okay. Um, well, yeah. Either, they, they either were, way, he, he yeah. was there for one of those. Um, so, I mean, he, he's got some pedigree as, as a, you know, offensive coordinator and, and a quarterback's coach, obviously. But, um, you know, kind of kind of one of those, like, you know, Art Art Bryles disciples. And then, you know, their, their defensive coordinator is DJ Durkin. Um, he's the guy that got filed, you know, fired from Maryland for, like, abusing his players. Oh, that's right. Um, yep. So, yeah, this Ole Miss, Ole Miss has, has – little Drama. bit of controversy, you know, out, out of their coaching staff. Um, obviously, Lane Kiffin, you know, you, you can go through his history on stuff. I do think he's a good coach and he's a, he's a good guy at the end of the day. But um, yeah, kind of not too. Shit. Yeah, these aren't these aren't two programs that I think are squeaky clean necessarily, um, even though our current coaching staff and administration are. I think a lot of people still, you know, hate Baylor for what happened under Art Bryles, but mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Um, this is definitely – I don't know if there's two head coaches in college football that are more different than than Lane Kiffin and Dave Aranda. I don't know if you saw the video of him, you know, when, when McVay makes that tackle at the end of the game. Dave Aranda doesn't even react. He's just oh, stone cold. Stone just cold. Like, I respect just like, it. N- yeah, no reaction whatsoever. Kind of had a little bit of a smirk when he held up the trophy. Um, yeah, and there was yeah. even a, a post game interview where, like, I think he you know, they're once. asking him, "Hey, did you, did you did you cut loose at all in the locker room?" And he said, "No," <laughs> like just very very direct, very quickly. Didn't have to think about it. No, yeah, I did not cut loose. Yeah, that was. Um, um, I love him. I I, I low key like really like him. Um, you know, despite him coaching like a rival school to mine, like I he's he's a different guy, man. Right, right, very different. Um. Speaking of that, so on that note, so Brent Venables hired at OU. Um, what do you think about that hire? He was the defensive coordinator coming from Clemson. Uh, Clemson. Yeah, who was – I mean, I think he's been there for a while because he, he always – he always, his name always pops up for like these big big program hires. Um, what, do you, what do you think – like what's your initial reaction with this? Yeah, I mean it's kind of weird. I mean, we think we think of Oklahoma as being this huge, you know, offensive program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think of them maybe hiring a defensive coordinator kind of guy, but that's what Bob Stoops was. You know, Stoops yeah. was a defensive guy um that, you know, was able to put the right guys around him. And then Venables has been there. You know, he was at Oklahoma under Stoops and in, in you know, for like a decade. So mm-hmm. um he he's definitely got history in Oklahoma. I think he definitely knows, you know, what what that Bob Stoops era looked like. 
Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, the main thing is there is, you know, definitely the, the number one question has to be who the offensive coordinator is, right? Um, you know, yeah. f- for all intents and purposes, Lincoln Riley's been been their play caller and been their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, is Kel Gundy going to stick around? Or I mean, I, I think it's, I, I mean, we don't know. I mean, I think it's likely that he probably goes to USC. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if you see Graham Harrell's name pop up. Um, you know, he was OC at USC. Uh, and I don't know if Lincoln's going to keep him. He might have already dispatched of him, but that's a name I, w- I would look out for. Um, initial like yeah, I don't know I don't Kale's, know if there's a list. Kill Gundy, that's Mike Gundy's brother. I mean, he's been he's been around. I mean, I think um, Bob Stoops hired him. So I mean, I would assume Kale Gundy and Brett Venables definitely have you know some sort of history with one another. Right. So uh, Oklahoma might be. I mean, I know it looked like you know <laughs> looked like the ship was sinking there, pun intended, <laughs> um, when they lost all the recruits and they lost their head coach, but. Man, you get you get Venables in there, and and the history of that program, and and a, an offense that's you know should be okay next year. They may not be what we've seen out of them in the past, but they'll be just fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean that. I mean this. I know this is his first head coaching job, but he's been one of the most respected coordinators in the game for a while. I mean, you look at three the most three head coaches he's been under. You the most like recent. You have Dabo Sweeney. Uh, who's a character um i don't i kind of don't like him as a person but obviously he's a yeah, great coach uh bob stoops and bill snyder like part three two. dudes right there yeah those are three like very diverse coaches too like you talk about you know he's he's really uh he's getting tools from all sides of the garage um i don't know what the fuck i just said but it kind of made sense um <laughs> but uh yeah i i actually do really like this hire i've listen to a few interviews with Venables and I know these guys are really good at saying the right things, but it's like how they say it to me. And, uh, he just seems like a very simple guy, similar to like Aranda. Um, but you know, he, he probably talks a little more and has a little more emotion. Um, he's not like a stone cold killer, but I, I like the hire for Oklahoma. They'll be fine. I, I have a feeling they're actually going to keep Caleb Williams. Um, not that it really matters at the end of the day, they're still OU. They're still blue blood. They're still going to be like probably top 20 in recruiting easy, like without even breaking a sweat. So they're losing all these guys. They'll get others. They're, the transfer portal is open wide. So, um, and sp- dude, so crazy, crazy style here. And I don't, I honestly don't want to talk about the Texas tech football program here because there's a lot going on, but I don't want to jinx anything, but <laughs> there are two schools right now with nobody in the transfer portal. That is University of Georgia, which you're like, okay, I can see it. That makes sense. Why would anyone want to lose? And then Texas Tech. Damn. Isn't that kind of crazy? Like, why is no one transferring out? It's kind of weird to me. Uh, of course, we, you know, there's still bowl games to be played, but, you know, you would think you'd have at least like a handful of guys in there. Um, so that I think that kind of speaks to the, um, I don't know the the swagger of uh, Joey McGuire, Joey McGuire, who I know you know plenty about. So that's that was really interesting to me. Um, and there's a lot of big names out there. That tra- like this is probably one of the going to be one of the wildest um, years of like transfer players in college football history. Uh, like like f- 
five-star guys, guys that have already put up crazy numbers in college football are switching teams. It's like NBA free agency, except not quite as good. I think NBA free agency is like the third best sport out there. I have like NBA, NFL playoffs, and then NBA free agency, um, <laughs> and then March Madness. Um, yeah, actually, I would go. I would go NBA, f- NBA playoffs. March Madness, NBA free agency, then NFL playoffs. Um, with the exception, oh, you're missing out on those marble runs. Have you ever seen those marble runs? On Dude, the they crushed it last year. That was like the only sport we could watch, huh? I remember they literally showed that shit on like ESPN, bro. Bro, that's like the that's the the goat COVID sport right there. Because there was there was a period of time there in COVID where you had nothing. You had, um. You had cornhole. We had some cornhole on like ESPN, like primetime. Yep. And then those marble runs, man. And then like weird, uh, like, like uh, spring football out of the SWAC. Uh-oh. Or uh, in Big Cat, Big Cat playing NCAA football. Oh, right. right. That, that actually that, that had a hot that. minute. What, Texas Tech was involved in that too, bro. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I think it, because he was playing on Madden, no. Or was he playing on NCAA? No, I think he was playing on like NCAA 13. Oh, nice. What are we going to get a drop date on the new? Because I know they're making a new NCAA game. And I know me and Bro, you got to live been, stream some competition. Yeah, I've been playing Peyton in some, I think it was NCAA 12 that he has. Um, Dude, it is so hard to I find was, NCAA 14. He beat me one game. I'll give him that. He beat me one game, but no I was showing him shit he's never seen. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, play action. I'm a left, bro. Yeah, play, dude. So, do you want to tell that story about the play action boot screen to the left? What is that story? I mean, it, I know it doesn't work in fucking NCAA, but what, what's our yeah? Story that, so, in in the in in college football games, you could there was a play. There was like only one, but it was a play action. You would boot out to the right, and then it was a screen to the left, <laughs> and it just it's it's a play that just doesn't fucking work. I, I've seen teams attempt to run it before in it's person, like, three like in real life. Ever. Yeah, and it just doesn't work because you run play action, so the defense comes up, right? Safeties are drop are coming up when you run play action. So when you run a play action screen, right, you're already like that's already kind of a wishy thing because the safeties are coming up to, to mess with your screen, right? But when you're doing boot to the right on a play action screen, <laughs> with the right, where the offensive line is pulling, yeah, with a right-handed quarterback, the defense is now there is no offensive line there. Your quarterback sprinting out to the right. <laughs> The defense is in the middle between him and the and the screen. Yeah, it's right? the like, dumbest play ever. Like it's it's you know how so in football you try to like you try to design a play where you the the play call itself like takes guys out of it, right? So like if you're running a a, a hard stretch to the right hand side, you don't even have to block the the guys on the left, right? Like they're just not going to be in the play. A play action boot screen to the left is a play that play like you the play call itself naturally inhibits every defensive player on the field to make the play <laughs> like you didn't take anybody out of it you actually put all 11 guys into the play um and there was a play the other day i don't remember what it was who was playing i think it was nfl where it fucking worked yeah play yeah, action quarterback bootlegs out to the right screen to the left and i think it was a tutter was right like that went for a touchdown no no it was, it was an easy six too like he just walked in um do you do you remember who was playing in that game who would do that who would pull some shit like that you texted me i know man i don't i just don't remember what game it was i know when i saw it though i thought i lost my shit um i'll look back in our messages 
but yeah, that the it, it I've seen it done a few times. I fuck. I even think you guys did it against Oklahoma State. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember. I can't remember which team it was. It was probably. I'm trying to think of what offensive coordinator, or what head coach in. Wait, was it Kansas, Texas? Did Kansas pull off a play action bootleg? I think you're right. I think it was Kansas, Texas. Yeah, that we had talked about that. Yeah, I think it might have been them. I think they're yeah, that would make sense too, right? Like can't like of course Kansas is gonna attempt this. And then of course it works against Texas. Um yeah, I I, I don't know. We that would have been a while ago in our text, but um yeah, man. It, it shit just doesn't work. So if you're if you want it, I guess that's a free NCAA tip. That play will pop up in play recommendations, like coach recommendations. Never fucking pick it. Don't do it. Unless you got a left-handed quarterback. Um, like a nor- That would just be a normal screen, really. But, yeah, it's stupid. So, um, you know, I'm surprised we didn't see something like that last night. Did you Did you watch that game last night? Yeah, the, um, the Mac Jones participation uh, dude, trophy game. Dude, that was... Two, two for three, bro, ever. and he won the game. The most Belichick shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, as soon as I saw the weather conditions, I dropped probably too much money on the Patriots, but it was like a lock. Like you're like, there's no way they lose this. Yeah, um, you gotta you gotta take the under in that when you see in the warm-ups. Yeah. There was a kicker. He was at like the 10 yard line, kicks the ball, fucking misses. Like the wind just blew it, like it like started going backwards. Yeah. Yeah. No, and no, he no, just kind of like laughs. Like he's not even mad. He's just like, all right, well, I'm not fucking doing anything this game. Yeah, no team's better at, at adapting to like just crazy conditions than a Bill Belichick team. Um like which is crazy because there was almost a repeat of a game they had in like 08 when uh Patriots went up to Buffalo, except yeah, in late in December, I think. And uh and they think that like that like record wise, like that was like the second windiest game. This game was like windier. Um and they still won. They won. They beat Buffalo 13-0. I think Matt Castle was their quarterback. Uh, he had eight pass attempts, but also like a third down punt. A punt on third down. Uh, that's be- that's how windy it was because they were like, the wind's at our back. We're just going to punt this. We're going to do it now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, you used to see back way back in the day, like there's a famous tech. It was actually Mississippi State, I think, in Texas Tech, where they literally just punted the ball back and forth. Um, they're just seeing like just fighting for field position. Yeah, just like literally, they weren't even attempting plays. They were just punting the ball. It was like in the middle of a hurricane or something. And you know, I just thought of that, and I was like, "That's like, I'm sure like Bill Belichick, like that's, you know, like if he has a diary somewhere, he wrote down like my favorite win of all time, um, because he took a a rookie quarterback into Buffalo and won in a game where he was basically playing in Antarctica. Granted, Mac Jones didn't have to do shit, but hand the ball off to Ramadre Stevenson and um, Damian Harris. But yeah, that was fun, dude. I actually enjoyed watching that because the bills were helpless. They loaded. It was basically like goal line offense versus goal line defense all the way down the field. And they still couldn't do anything. Um, so, I mean, you almost feel for them because they knew what was coming and still couldn't stop it. And they have a good defense. So a lot of egos are hurt on that Buffalo team. I know that. Um, I don't know as a coach, if you're like, Hey, the weather was crazy. Like, you know, but it, the weather was crazy for both teams. It's just Bill Belichick is better. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, your defense only gave I mean, they, they only scored 14 points, right? Like it wasn't. And they did it on like two plays, like get most of their yards on the two plays. I think I think like 90 percent of the yards on two runs. 
Yeah, and, and and only one touchdown. Like they gave up the one touchdown early, and then yeah, you know, New England somehow goals. kicked field goals and all that. But I mean, I don't I don't think you can be too upset. I mean, the defense. I'm looking at some of the numbers now. They gave up 4.8 yards per carry. That's not great right. when like you know the other team's running the ball. But I mean, it's also the other team's only running the ball though too at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that's also not the like. That's also not too crazy. Like it's no. not like they had a bad day. They gave up 14 points. And yeah. again, only one touchdown. Um, I, I think you definitely look at the other side of the ball and think, what the fuck were you doing on offense? Why are you throwing the ball so much? Um, clearly, the other team has it figured out. And you actually have a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, you actually have more options in the running game um, when you have a dual-threat quarterback like that. So, I don't think you can put the blame on the defense in, in a game like that. I don't know if you really blame too much. I mean, shit, it was – what What are the chances that a playoff game looks like that, you know? When you have the I'm, weather conditions like that, I think you just kind of toss it out the door and say, "Yep, they won," but it doesn't really have any bearing on on predicting which you know how good those teams are moving forward. Yeah, I mean they play each other again in what like a couple of weeks. Like, I mean that game's going to be in yeah, New England, it, so it could yeah. easily be bad weather. Um, the only thing that we learned from that game is something we already knew, and that if shit's crazy and nobody knows what to happen is going to happen. Put your money on Belichick. Oh, absolutely. That's what I did. I thought like, about it. Like though. if, like this is this is the Bill Simmons example. Like if we had to go play a game on Mars against aliens, <laughs> there's one fucking coach that I'm like, well, he'll figure something out. Yep. Like that you don't he'll even figure know the out sport, a new right? play. It's not a rushing play or a passing play. It's the fucking you know portal game or some shit. You know, like where the ball yeah. just magically transports across the field that's a new rule belichick is going to figure out how to exploit that rule right, right? like right. what kind of ball do y'all play with oh they actually play with a, a 50 pound beach ball well i'm gonna trust belichick to come up with fucking plays where yeah yeah you know, their team is moving a 50 fall 50 pound beach ball up and down the field i think if belichick became president bro we like you could figure a lot of shit out he wouldn't care though but um yeah man that's that's a really good analogy so Oh, what else did I want to talk about? Oh. They play... Sorry, I'm look, I'm trying to look at their schedule. The Bills? Patriots, Bills. Yeah, so they play again in a, like two weeks. Um, yeah. All right. Who's winning the AFC, bro? I, I need one team. Ooh. I... D- I d- because I almost I feel like each division, each division kind of has their team right now. Maybe the yeah. NFC East, I'm not really sure about. Uh, I feel like Washington. I'm going to go might. Kansas City out of the AFC. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. And then, man, I don't, I don't want to say Arizona, but I'm going to go Arizona out of the NFC. Oh, I want. I don't trust them. Really? I don't trust them, but they're like, I don't know. They, they have the least flaws as the team, and sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Kansas City. I uh, A lot of people are giving them shit, but I'm like, they're the only team that could possibly be winning. Like, they're the only team that can win five straight and you still shit on. If any other team in the NFL were to do that right now, we would be like, oh, they're, they're doing great. So that tells me, and actually... That's what, exactly what Robert Griffin said last night before the Monday night game, um, which I thought it was cool. They had, dude, he was so – did you see the pregame? Uh, he was on like the the Randy Moss segment 
homie was cheesing. Like he was so happy to be there, like <laughs> to be on the Randy Robert, Moss part. He just Robert is life. so fun, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Did you hear about? I'm his, glad uh, the national media is getting to like to see the guy that like Baylor fans fell in love with. But he's he's goofy, but like in a fun way, and like he's got right. good takes and stuff. Like he's just oh, he's quirky, fun. but yeah. Um, did you hear about his book though? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how much you want to go into it, but yeah, he's. Uh, oh man, that dude! It's gonna be crazy. Like there might be careers. There was some initial pushback that because so one of the things that he mentioned on Twitter was that, you know, his book details um, sexual assault that happened at, at, you know, within the Washington program, like the Washington team. Right. And a lot of their stuff with the cheerleaders has been well documented. And so there's some initial pushback like, oh, you're just trying to monetize on you know somebody else's trauma. Right. Like this is. We know the details of it. And if you don't, if you know additional details, you should have already come forward with that. And then he clarified, like, no, this is his experience um, with sexual assault crazy. within the, yeah, within the Washington organization, which is like, oh, what? shit. Like, yeah. that's, yeah. Jeez. Um, oh, so yeah, I'm, called... I'm really, I mean, that's, I'm really interested to see when that book drops. Um, yeah. Surviving Washington. Definitely. Um, yeah. Surviving Washington. So. Uh, August 9th. Yeah, definitely. Year. Definitely. We'll put his and, and granted, I mean, it's it's his point of view, but just based on kind of what we assume is going to come out of that book, like that might put his whole NFL career in a totally different perspective, right? totally different light, you know, because you we, know. we chalked it up to injuries. I mean, which he had a shitload of injuries, but which he did have. Right. But there, there clearly was a lot more going on yeah, behind the scenes. That's crazy. I mean, it's an NFL uh, athlete. Um yeah, that, and, and and I mean, not that it's ever right, but like this is this is the face of the franchise. This is number two overall draft picked Heisman winner. Like this isn't some low key bottom of the roster yeah, kind of guy that's practice squad that's, that that's that's you know saying this. Um, he has something to lose here, you know. Yeah, um, and and people are saying that he's just doing it for the money. He's got the money, so I mean, I I don't think this is a money grab or. Um, a guy trying to make a name for himself, like all of that kind of goes out the window when, when you're a player of his caliber already, and at a, least in name recognition alone. And again, this, you know, this is something that you don't monetize. Like people will say that about uh, girls who uh, come out because that's the most common victim is women coming out and say this. People are like, oh, they're just saying it for clout. I was like that. This is something that people like think about it. Like I wouldn't want people to think I was sexually assaulted if I wasn't like, that's just a really bold claim to make against someone. Um, and that's a topic for another discussion, but especially someone of Robert Griffin's, uh, magnitude, like everyone in sports know who's this, know who, know who he is, uh, whether they know him from Baylor, the Heisman guy, uh, you know, Washington, when he was on Washington football team, uh, somewhere people know who, who he is. So he's not just going to come out with a book of some like very shady allegations against other people, um, involving himself. Like, I'm totally with you, man. That would, I don't think has anything at all with monetizing or profit. In fact, it wouldn't even surprise me if he ends up like donating all the, 
all the proceeds to like a you know a charity or something like that because that seems like the type or, of guy or even is. to like the former Washington cheerleaders like I, I could definitely right, see that right. be a move that that you know he's not making now but um you know putting it to them and saying you know they they had it worse than I did and sure. they didn't make the money that I did you know where he can take care of himself afterwards oh they make shit so. money they make like thirty thousand a year um, yeah yeah and they they do a fuck ton of stuff yeah. Um, that they don't get paid for, but that are kind of mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, the whole, I I don't think they're the only one, but like hearing the details come out of what happened there in Washington with the cheerleaders, you're like, man, I don't know if I want cheerleaders on the sideline of NFL games anymore. Like I mean, if that's what it takes, like if, if that's what it means for them to be there, that right. they have to endure everything that they do. Like, is that really worth it? You know, like I would, I would like for them to be there under the right circumstances, but yeah, one hundred percent. And treat him like shit just based on tradition. Yeah, just because it's like, yeah, I get that. And honestly, like, you don't even see him on TV. It's not like they just maybe a few seconds every game. Um, but yeah, yeah, we, we'll move on from that topic. Um, staying on the NFL, any team this week that kind of like stood out to you in terms of their performance? Maybe a team that underperformed, overperformed, anything like that. Or I don't even know. Maybe you're too busy celebrating Baylor. You didn't even catch too much Sunday football. No, I mean, I definitely caught some. Uh, you know, we 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 were really excited about that Baylor win. So we got in late, you know, Saturday right. night. So um, I missed I missed some of those early kickoffs on, on Sunday. But um, as far as team, if I had to pick one team that, like, surprised me the most, let me think. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give I'll give you a team that, um, for me, just as a neutral fan, I was really fucking stoked for Eagles. Um, <laughs> Jalen Hurts was hurt. They are, you know, they're only playing the Jets. They're they're not they're not great. But dude, Garner Minshew, man, like. Uh, I'm I'm a little biased because I have him in our dynasty league in fantasy and and he lit it up and I I got the notification that he was starting right before kickoff but you know this is a little Chris Collingsworth but here's a guy that was a six round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars right right like he's he's a throwaway pick from one of the worst teams in the league gets a starting job his first year as a rookie. Um, Goes through some injuries and 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 gets benched because of the team's just bad in Jacksonville. But this is a Philly team that's you know they're not awful, right? Like they're kind of one of those middle of the road teams. Um, they'll kind of in the playoff hunt late kind of thing. And and Goner had them looking good. Like Jalen hurts all season. You know it's an offense that has struggled to be consistent week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And it was just one game, and it was just against the Jets, but. Garner seemed to have him steered in the right direction. And I don't know if that, I don't think that he's going to be the starter moving forward. I think it's still going to be Jalen, but yeah, I, I want to see this guy have success. Like Dude, same. he's, he's a fun player to watch. Um, Yeah. I mean, that that's, that, that would be my team. It's, it's Philadelphia, but Garner, Garner mentions specifically. Yeah. He definitely is the winner of a lot. Yeah. I love, I love me some mania. Um, He's just a gift to Philly. They should enjoy him why they why they have him because I think he deserves a starting gig somewhere. Um, I don't want him to turn into the this Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, because 
it, and, and no fault to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was a great, he started for teams like the season. He He's like probably started a lot of games, a lot more than we realize. And he's like known as a backup guy. He's a traveling quarterback who just goes to a team that just needs a little QB help, something like that. But I honestly thought that if a team would have really given Ryan Fitzpatrick like a long-standing chance, like he would have been very successful. Um, and I think the same thing for Minshew. I think he really depends on the system. He's like a system quarterback. He comes from, well, a leech offense, an air raid offense out of Washington State. So he needs like that. He needs a, a, a system set up for that. But he seemed to be making reads better than Jalen Hurts does. But if we're being honest, like Jalen Hurts, like he's looked pretty damn good before his injury. So I'm not saying by any means like he should start over Jalen Hurts, especially considering how young Jalen Hurts is. Um, but there's got to be a team. I'm thinking like, the Lions, you know, the Jets. So that's what I was going to say. Like Detroit, like, I mean, yeah, the Jared Goff finally got a win there in Detroit. Dan Campbell's Dude, first win. But what the hell? They, they're a team that could use him, right? Like they wouldn't yeah. have to pay him a huge contract. Um, Might be able to trade for him with a third round pick. Like they're doing anything with a third round pick anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and then you have a guy that, uh, you know, he could get a full year where, hey, make every mistake that you need to make. Right. You kind of do those with a young point guard in the NBA where just you got to make the mistakes to learn what plays you can make and what plays you can't. Yeah. Get a feel for it. And so, I, yeah, I, I'd like to see him go to Detroit, maybe only win a couple games his first season. But, right. you know, I I don't know if Dan Campbell's going to stick around, but that's a guy that I think people would love to play for. And you pair him, you pair him with, with Gardner Minshew, who's a, you know, personality and a half on his own. Like, I think at least for the players would have fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a very like if you're gonna suck, you might as well have fun. Um, and I've painting. I have an even crazier one for you. Seahawks. All right, so hear me out. I have a feeling Russ is done in Seattle. I do. I think. I think. I think Russ is going to where you're heading on New Year's. I think he's heading to New Orleans. Um, and I was like, man, Ooh. Minshew return to Washington. You know. He's, he's, he's got the, I forgot what they call that on the, something that starts with a P uh, in Eastern, uh, whatever that, not Eastern Washington, Washington State. Um, but dude, yeah, people love him in general. The Puget Across, Sound? No, it's, uh, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, man, that would rock my world if he ended up in Seattle. I would, I, I, I'll tell you right now, if that happens, I will buy a Seahawks jersey with Minshew on the back. Um that's how much I would love that move. Tell me why it can't happen. What if he goes to New Orleans instead, man? Minshew, okay, that would Minshew be Mania in New Orleans. He's uh, a... <laughs> you want to see... I want to see him on Fat Tuesday, man. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, it, that that would... Honestly, th- those might be the two best teams for him. But what I'm saying is, like, I think Seattle's going to need a quarterback. And I think they are going to try to wait to get the right guy. You know, what? they're not going to just trade for you know, like an Andy Dalton or, or someone like that. Like they want a real quality guy to take over. I think they need to just rebuild that program completely, to be honest with you. Keep somehow, keep your wide receiving core, uh, or mainly Metcalf. If you could keep Metcalf, because I think he was arguably the most talented receiver, um, and most physically gifted combination receiver in the NFL. So if you can keep him and then bring in a young guy like Minshew for a few years, as you're trying to rebuild, like I'm all about that, man. So, uh, I think that would be fun. I would. Th- I think. I think it'd be, you know, 
it'd be more fun than him going to Detroit because he's kind of just set up for failure there. Um, unless they change coaches. Um, same thing with Minnesota. I mean, I wouldn't want him to end up in Minnesota for that same reason. Dude, did you <laughs> I, I don't know if you watched that. I didn't watch it either, but that Minnesota Detroit game, the ending of it, like how yeah, Detroit's yeah. so Minnesota dropped eight guys into coverage. Not not the worst idea, right? Considering the Lions had to throw the ball into the end zone. However, like all eight guys were assigned to cover the fucking back of the end zone. Yeah, like, yeah, instead of guarding the goal line. Yeah, like Cameron Dantzler Which, was. By the way, that's where you have to be. You don't, you yeah. don't, the end zone is 10 yards wide. You only need the first inch of it to score. Right, right. They they literally covered nobody. Dantzler was on the back of the end zone. Uh, Breland and was on the opposite. Of, like, I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, it almost well, seems like they wanted what, to lose that. What, what set that up beforehand in the first place is. <laughs> yeah. You know, Detroit has the ball, right, at their own 28-yard line. It's fourth and one. Right. And they fucking go for it. <laughs> they go for it. Yeah. yeah. And then and then it's an awful play. Oh Goff fumbles God. the ball and all this shit. Yeah. But, like, I, I mean, also, shout out Blake Lynch. He's the – that's that's the linebacker for, for Minnesota that made that play, that put Minnesota in a position to win. Baylor Bear. Um, for, for, former Baylor Bear. But, yeah, that – I mean, and then – Obviously, Detroit, I mean, uh, Minnesota gets the ball at like the 20 fucking yard line. So they quickly go down and score. Um, and then, you know, Detroit has to come back. They have to drive down the field and Jared Goff does it. I mean, he 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 made, he made the drive happen, but. He looked really good. Yeah, they, they tried to lose the game so fucking hard by going. Look, I get that the analytics say what they say, but when you're up, right, when you're when you're the team winning the ball game by only two points. Fourth and one at like your own 30, you got to fucking punt. It's what teams have done for what the past hundred years of, of professional football is they punt in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to anyone listening out there, um, if you're going to make decisions in life, just, you know, figure out what Mike Zimmer would do and then do the opposite of that thing. Um, <laughs> or Dan Campbell. Or Dan Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we could get more Mike Zimmer versus Dan what, Campbell. What would Dan do? <laughs> All right. Whatever that thing is, you do the opposite of that thing. 100%. Um, or who was the head coach of the uh, the Jets for a while before they fired him? Um, worst coach ever. Which one? Oh, geez. Uh, the, no, the worst The worst head coach ever is, is the, um, the, the guy from Cleveland. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry about that. What the, I can't remember his name. Sorry about the S, right? Stefanski? No. No, he's a, he was all right. He was all right. Um, oh, wait, Hugh Jackson. A, yeah. Hugh, oh, Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. So Hugh Jackson. <laughs> all right. This is a little bit of a football history lesson. Yeah. In his first season in Cleveland, he goes one in 15. He wins one game, loses 15 games. Mm. Comes back the next season loses all 16 games. So at this point in two full seasons in the NFL, he has only won a single game. Yeah. He comes back. They 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 brought him back for a third season. And in that third season he's he wins two games and they fire him halfway through the season, which I don't know why. I don't know why with a coach that's only won one game in his whole tenure as head coach. 
like why you fire him at that point now that he's actually won two games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he has. Hold on. I mean, Freddie Kitchens. Only he won, has like, like two 14 game losing streaks and his two and a half seasons in Cleveland. Yeah. Because his first year there, they started off 0-14, and then they finally won a game. And then he goes 0-16 his second season. That, that's that's got to be it, right? His his record in Cleveland is 3-36-1. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. And the fact that he kept his job he, that long. Like, yeah, insane. he won less than 10% of his games. Oh, my God. That's so Cleveland. bad. And did you know that he's writing a book right now um, saying, like, Cleveland set him up to be like the fall guy. Like they well, claimed they did that a fantastic they, fucking job. Yeah, they didn't win anything. <laughs> yeah, they claim like the Browns lied to him on the team's rebuild, and he's like, like literally writing a book about this, bro. He's so he's so butthurt he couldn't win a game. Uh, I mean, more than three, I guess. He he claims that so in the middle of that own sixteen season, that the team. Halfway through the year, gave him a one-year contract extension, but they didn't want to make it public, which is like the most Cleveland thing to do. Like, hey, I know you have, a, I know you've only won one game in your season and a half of being here. Yeah, and he was one. We're actually going to give you a contract moment. extension. So, yeah, but just don't tell anybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one like, in twenty-three that's like getting a contract. Extension. That's like if you're if you're dating a girl, the first few dates haven't gone right, and she's like, "Hey, I still want to date you, but like, um, I don't want you to tell anybody." Like, you fucking break up right then, right? Yeah, like, you're like... If you haven't met her parents, she, she doesn't let your, her friends know that yeah, you're yeah. dating. Like, she wants to keep it a secret. Like, she's got somebody on the back burner, bro. Yeah. Like, like Hugh hey, Jackson should have realized, like, <laughs> huh, they're giving me this contract extension, but they don't want me to say it. Like... Like, fucking leave. Yeah. She keeps coming home Take, late, 10 o'clock at night, because she has <laughs> a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. but but you can't know about it either at the same time. And the fact that leave it to Cincinnati to hire him as a coordinator. Fuck. I mean, well, he's not there anymore. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he was Cincinnati's one like, I want that chick, that chick that. Hey, remember that <laughs> girl that you dated that one time that you couldn't tell anybody about? Yeah. Yeah. Remember how you like you never got to go over to her place and you don't know why? <laughs> yeah. I want to date that girl. What, what is she up <laughs> like, to now? Can I, she, she got a boyfriend. Can I get her number? <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. that's that's Cincinnati. You're right. Cincinnati is like and for then, all the fucking mistakes Cleveland makes. Cincinnati's like, I'm yeah. gonna make one more mistake here. Right? And then now. They're asking Cleveland like, "Hey, would you be cool with that?" And Cleveland's like, "Yeah, by all means." Like, yeah, yeah, by all means, <laughs> all you, buddy. Yeah. Um, man, that's funny. And so, it works even better because like they're both in the state of Ohio. Like, yeah, fuck, yeah. that's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting for some reason. I always I, I forget Cincinnati's in Ohio. I don't know why that why that is, but um. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, anything else you want to run by right? the viewers? I have one segment I, I want to run by you. We didn't, we didn't talk about this before by any means, but so I stole this from the book of, or, you know, Bill Simmons, who you guys quickly figure out is like my, um, you know, sports podcasting. Like I rely on him for everything. Yeah. He's, uh, he's both of our inspiration for, yeah, for, for most things. For especially podcasting. And, and I mean, you put me on to him, so Props, props to you for that. I'll, I'll give you your shout out. Uh, but he has a segment at the end of his show, right, called Parent Corner, where they basically just talk about life. Um, and neither of us are parents, um, or I hope not, right? Like, you're good? No, we're, I'm a dog owner, but no, cool, not, cool. A, not, the, yeah. not the parent of a child, human being. 
So I was thinking, because this is going to be a, a, a lot, probably a while, maybe a, a three plus year campaign where we get sponsored by Life Cereal. All right. But what if we what, like? What if we call it the Life Cereal Box? <laughs> <laughs> like what's what's in your cereal what's in your box of life so is bro? this so is this is this like bad pitch corner is that what this is is that what this is called or half-baked ideas half-baked but ideas. still that one's like that's a thing somewhere yeah it is bill simmons <laughs> actually came up yeah. with that one but he, yeah. he can't I, have I, everything. i've been tempted to do like a like so ryan rosillo on his podcast under the ringer network under bill simmons yeah he does like a gym corner <laughs> and that would be good for you like yeah. You got, can we, can we, can we mention, um, the, uh, purple employer that you once worked for? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I once, once managed a, uh, I managed, uh, planet fitness downtown Denver. Um, you got some good stories from that, from that time. Oh shit, man. Yeah. I'll give it the most recent one. And this is a, this is three days before I quit. Um, it, I actually really enjoyed my time there. I want to, you know, put that down first. I was grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. Um, I feel like I'm a head coach that's giving a speech for for leaving uh, for leaving a team. <laughs> Real grateful for the opportunity. It's, great it's fans, uh, the people there, great people. Um, you know, I always greeted with a smile when I walked in the doors. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sometimes. a lot of you know downtown Denver in that particular area. Uh, 16th street mall is known for its fucking shenanigans. All right. So the last thing that happened, before you tell the story, like when we were down, we went there and it was like, well, that was also COVID. Not the best place to be. Yeah, It's, it's better. Like it's on, it's, it's a good part, but you also came when our whole city was shut down. Granted. Um, so that to come back, but anyway, so I, I'm at the barber. I go into work. Um, it's like a, yeah, it was like a Wednesday. So I don't go in on Wednesdays until like two or three. I think it was two. So I was at the barber before right down the street. Um, shout out Marcos, best barber in Denver, best fade. Um, I was getting a fade and the security guy comes in and I'm talking like old school barbershop where people just walk in and start shooting the shit and he comes in he's like dude you wouldn't hear believe what what happened at planet fitness and i'm like oh (laughs) Oh, god you're not talking about the one like right over there right and he's like oh no it's that one and he's like yeah there's like a homeless guy in the ceiling and i just get up i'm like marcos i'll be back um because like that's my fucking gym like i gotta like that's my shit to handle i'm probably getting a call any second now so i go over there and by the time I get there, there are 12 police officers and uh, a pack of Marlboro cigarettes trying to get this dude down from the ceiling, bro. They're negotiating with them. It's three cigarettes. All right. How about four? Five? Never okay. Never negotiate with terrorists or <laughs> homeless men in your ceiling. They, all, they ended up offering the whole pack. He gets the whole pack of cigarettes. All right. He agrees to come down. All right. So right when he agrees... He makes a run for it. He's in the ceiling. He's running. All right. He's gone. He's gonna, He's trying to get out of Planet Fitness, I think. So we're like, we don't know where he's at. We don't know where he's at. We're looking around. I'm having to get all the members into like one area because I'm like, I don't know if this guy has a weapon, you know, type of thing. And, um, and then like maybe three minutes after he runs in the ceiling, by the way, we just hear a... Oh, <laughs> We just hear a loud crash, all right, in our in our black card spa, and this dude had landed in the fucking tanning bed, and um, broke the glass on the or the 
you know, the ceramic stuff in the tanning bed. And I mean, that was, and I was like, man, like, I'm so glad that I'm leaving this joint. Um, that was definitely the craziest thing that's ever happened to me in any workplace is a dude coming up in, and I had to call the police several times. On and other you weren't people. even working. I wasn't even working. I was at the, I was getting a haircut. I was at the barber, but I was like, well, I got to go to work now. So that was man, crazy. You should have, you should have been like, no, nah, tell me what happened at the Planet Fitness. Dude, Man, that no. is crazy. Somebody should go deal with that situation. <laughs> Dude, no, because I hired a bunch of kids all the time because I, I liked hanging out with people my age. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that. I never discriminated when I hired people, but downtown Denver is a lot of younger people. And I was like, they're they're probably just recording this shit on Snapchat. They're not doing anything. <laughs> so, and that's kind of what was going on. They like, hey, we called the police. I was like, thanks. You did your job. I'm here. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that shit was wild and a lot of, oh man, I don't even know if I'm allowed. No, I can't talk about it. There's something wilder, but I, I literally think there's like a, it, there's like a court case going on, um, behind it. So I, I can't talk about it. Um, I'd probably get sued. So, but maybe one day I'll get to drop an even crazier story. Sorry to blackball or blue ball you guys like that, but, um, yeah, we'll, man, we'll that, talk about it. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah, we will. Like, I, 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 I don't think I have told you. Um, yeah, Barfield will get the scoop on it, but can't go public with it yet. Uh, but yeah, man, that that's, dude, life's crazy for me right now. I, oh man, I, like today in particular, like, dude, I had a commercial shoot today. Um, you never like would have thought a commercial. Yeah, I never would have thought that would happen. Can you, um, uh, can you disclose what brand or? Yeah, just for a gym, just for a, a gym called Vasa, Vasa Fitness. Um, yeah, just one of their... Uh, not a they, sponsor? No, not a sponsor. Yeah, just, reach out. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, no. Um, yeah, I just, you know, trained with a client of mine at their gym and they got to promote it and video us and they're going to make like a commercial out of it for themselves. Um, so that's kind of cool. It'll be, I think it'll be their first commercial aired. Uh, but yeah, it's a gym based out of like, I think they're based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, but now they've branched into like Arizona, Colorado, like the mountain region. Um, I think they're going to actually expand to Texas within the next few years, but yeah. Dude, how's a, how's Lottie? Tell us about Lottie. Is she big yet? Dude, yeah, Lottie's just over 20 pounds. I think she's like 21, 22 pounds. Um, nice. She just got, she just got fixed. So like this month or this, this past week has been like. Oh. Trying to keep her somewhat like subdued. It's kind of hard. She's a puppy, still has energy, but um, she's been doing good. Healing, healing up pretty well for the most part. So she's, uh, I think today's her first day without without the cone since the surgery. Oh, that's good. So she's kind of she's living her she's living her best life. Dude, every kinda, time I kind of backslid on some training, but like yeah, you know, if I cut you up and then <laughs> Take took some here. stuff out and then sewed you back up. Uh, I'd expect you to be a little hungry too. So probably have a few trust issues. Um, yeah, but fair. she loves us. She's good. Yeah, that's dope. Um, cool, man. Well, anything, anything else new? Life in Waco, pretty chill. <laughs> no, we're uh, gearing up this weekend. You know, um, right. got Villanova Baylor here in Waco. About all the top tens. So. Oh yeah. Oh, that's in another, Waco. Another, yeah, another. Oh, I thought another, that was like a tournament game. Okay. No, that's that's a that's just a straight up non conference game that that Scott Drew scheduled. So oh, that's a good one. Um, got that game to look forward to on Sunday. Going to it, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, 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 oh. yeah. We got yeah. I don't know if we've mentioned on the podcast, but um, oh, got season tickets that's right. To you no, you didn't Baylor say that. basketball. So sick. 
That's cool, man. Yeah, I'm actually I'm watching the uh, Texas Tech's playing Tennessee right now in the Jimmy V Classic. Um, probably catch the end of that game here in a second, but yeah, I guess that sums up uh, our our new segment. What's in the cereal box? Sponsored by Life. Might not ever say those <laughs> words again, but <laughs> Alex might have some uh, words for me after after the show. But um, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's been an honor. Uh, good show, Alex. Always a pleasure, man. Deuces. Oh, come on. Peace, guys. <laughs>